It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Signal Boost. I'm Zerlina Maxwell. It is Friday. We made it to a Friday, January 22nd. <laughs> we made it to the first Friday in the presidency of Joe Biden. And I'm telling you, every day I wake up and I go look at my phone, and it says President Biden did a thing, and it's not like, you know, boiled infants and <laughs> eat them for dinner, you know, something terrible like that. You know, like you wake up and he's like, he's giving more food assistance to people instead of he's cutting <laughs> food assistance from, you know, hungry children. Um, you know, you're in a new era. Good morning, no, it, yes. Good morning. Good morning, Zerlina. Uh, it, is, it is Friday. Uh, this is, I, I feel like this week has been four years long. Like, I don't know, the exhaustion hit me yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I'm... like, I'm I'm still feeling good. <laughs> I'm still feeling uh, uh, hopeful and optimistic, but I am tired. Like, yeah, I'm more tired than I've been in a long time. tired. <laughs> I think it's, you know, it's, it's, that, it's that thing where you get sick on the first day of vacation because you've been running yourself ragged, and then as soon as, like, you have room to breathe, your immune system is like, no, now you have a cold. Although we don't get colds anymore. Cause I know, because we're Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> It feels it feels like that, but for anxiety. I just love reading the uh, the president's daily schedule in the morning, like for the last two oh, days. Like where it, it it's has just actual things on it. Yes, there's none of this. Like he will take many calls and make and have many meetings. Like no, it's like oh no, he's gonna have lunch with the vice president, and then they're going to go to an economic briefing at 2, and at 2.45, there will be a COVID briefing. There will be another press secretary White House briefing today because that will just happen every day. Every day. It doesn't have to be appointment television because it's not going to tell you that the world is ending, and it's not going to lie to you, and you're not going to have to parse it to figure out what the truth is, and you're not going to watch it because you can't stand how your country is being harmed and you feel like you need to bear witness to it. Uh, you you can either watch the press briefing or not. It's okay either way. It's not going to affect you. <laughs> if if you if you like me find it very calming, <laughs> go ahead and keep watching. <laughs> if if you want to stop watching the daily press right. briefing or whenever the press briefing happens, go ahead and wash the dishes instead. Take a walk. It's okay either way. Listen to a podcast. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, whatever. I, I mean, I think it's refreshing to have. I mean, it's not just that people are like well the adults are back and yeah that's true yes. but like the bar was not adults like the, <laughs> right. the bar wasn't having grown-ups in charge the bar was having competent people with experience for the jobs that they're in those kind of people being in charge yeah. because you know one of the things i think we we lose sight of sometimes because trump is so ridiculous and takes up so much of the oxygen is that you know michael caputo was the PR flack at the CDC. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there were other folks in here that were completely unqualified for the positions that they were given and they were put there in order to sort of maintain the lying um, throughout the federal government. And those people are also gone. So that's another feeling I have today is relief that it's not just yeah. Trump. It's also these other people that were, you know, harming us actively every day. Imagine that yeah. you were doing that as a job. 
yeah. um, and thinking that, you know, you're a Christian. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I suppose <laughs> today, we go through some more. Yeah. T- today is, is also uh, the Roe v. Wade anniversary. Oh, uh, I, from, I knew the yeah. date was something. Yeah. January 22nd, for some reason, uh, when I when I was, went to, to say the date, January 22nd, I won. I was like, really? It's only two days after the inauguration? But yes, it is only two days after the inauguration. I know. Um, and then I was like, there's something about this date that is meaningful. And I and can't that remember is what it is. Yeah, it is, it is the Roe v. Wade anniversary. And we are about to see uh, the global gag rule rescinded. Uh, which which Trump had put back in place, uh, which which basically means that any foreign aid cannot come with uh, family planning information. That's it. That's what the global gag rule is. It has nothing to do with performing abortions. It's it's you can't talk about birth control. You can't talk about family planning. That's that's what that means, which, of course, you know, has killed lots of women worldwide. And now we won't have it anymore. So uh, the, the, you know, the, the fight that we still have left is the Hyde Amendment. We're um, very hopeful that that will uh, not be a part of the budget this year. The Hyde Amendment is the racist amendment that says uh, abortion is not an accessible right for uh, women who rely on Medicaid for other health care services. Uh, they are not able to use Medicaid to access abortion care. Of course, that means that abortion is a a right enjoyed in this country by women who can afford it and not by women who cannot. That means it is not a right. Um, So we have needed to get rid of the Hyde Amendment for a very long time. Most Democrats are on board with that. Joe Biden was uh, sort of like famously at odds with the majority of his party at the beginning of his of his uh, campaign saying that he he still supported the Hyde Amendment. But he going back to the Joe Biden listens meme that we have like he listened we all got really upset when he said that, and he, he took the meetings and he reversed himself, which is what mm-hmm. you want a politician to do. Right. Like, we, we got to get rid of the idea of a flip-flop. It doesn't exist. Like, did you reverse something that you thought when you got new empirical data? Cool. That's how you're supposed to do it. <laughs> so, so we don't know exactly what the, the fate of the Hyde Amendment will be, but we have the conditions under which we can get rid of it finally. Um, and I think, I, I'm, I'm, you know, this is... Usually, Roe, the, the Roe anniversary, at least for the last five years, has been a moment to um, sort of explain, you know, how very at risk we still are of, of losing this. Um, and and I, I'm hope like today it feels like it's an opportunity to talk about, like, how can we expand reproductive freedom? Like, how, how do we get reproductive justice in this country? Right. Uh, and that's that's just a very it's a very it's a very different feeling. So I, it's it's like it's I'm I'm enjoying marking this anniversary right now. You know, we usually like in past years, we would have had somebody on to be like, OK, here's what happens when Roe goes away. Here's yeah. here's what you need to know about your state and how to handle right. medication abortions and the rest of it. And we don't have to do that this year. That's like, great. We can think about like what's going like how, how we are going to expand access rather than like what bans are going to. I mean, of course, the bans are still happening. They're happening in state capitals and the Supreme Court is, you know, it's still got the people that it's got on it. I'm not trying to paint a rosy picture here, uh, oh, but no, it is certainly, it's not rosy, certainly a it different could world. could have been a lot worse. Um, yeah. The, the other thing um, yesterday uh, in terms of headlines, since we are being so efficient, you're going through these. Um, the headline to talk about is that um, I, I feel as though in some ways we sort of reported half of the story in terms of vaccine um, distribution before you know we got to this point in the process 
Um, and that is that, you know, black people would be hesitant to take the vaccine because of American yeah. history, because of, you know, medical experimentation and abuse of our bodies um, by the government. Um, so we would be skeptical. And that's true. But actually, the polling this week showing that people a couple weeks into the distribution are actually trying very hard uh, in most yeah. states to get the vaccine. And people, you know, 70 percent of people are like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get it. I'll get it if it's available to me, if I'm, you know, I'm on the list. It's my turn. Um, but they're running out. So actually, yeah. we're on we're having a different problem. And I th- and Bree Newsom pointed this out yesterday. Um, the woman who went up and took down the Confederate flag in uh, the Capitol in South, uh, in South Carolina after the Charleston massacre. Um, she pointed th- out that part of the, the problem is that we need to focus on the fact that systemic racism means that it's not that black people are, you know, disproportionately impacted um, by COVID for no reason. It's because they have lack of access to, um, you know, uh, the preventative medical care for um, many of the pre-existing conditions and comorbidities, um, you know, healthy food access, um, jobs that are not in the, the, that lo- that frontline essential worker category. Um, and so it's more about the fact that they actually don't have enough vaccines for <laughs> these uh, black and brown people, not that those people psychologically are hesitant to take the vaccine. And I feel like that the other half of that story um, needs to be told, too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I, I think we need we need to get away from the point where, like, we 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 fixate on the wrong narrative. Yeah. <laughs> like if this, you know, we, it, it feels like this would be really easy to slide into. Well, black people are, are concerned about the vaccine and that's why we're not seeing the numbers in the same way. And then we can ignore the fact that we are not getting the vaccine to them. Right. Um, it is very it is difficult to get that vaccine i've been tra- i mean we it took like chris and i are you know two people who know their way around the internet and it took us days days mm-hmm. to get appointments for my mom who is also somebody who knows her way around the internet like she was doing this stuff herself and uh and it and between the three of us um we finally we finally were able to manage chris actually was able to manage uh to snag uh javits center vaccines but they're for the end of march wow. so it's like ugh. i mean i I'm, I'm hopeful that something will come through sooner um but that's that's what we're looking at right now and we're sitting here feeling grateful that we even have a slot because i'm watching right. all of you know basically all of my like writer friends on twitter mm-hmm. in brooklyn being like i still haven't gotten my mom a slot what's happening in the middle of the night does it work better then and it's like i so so feeling very grateful to have the appointment, but the appointment is two months away. Right. <laughs> and two months is a long time to stay in your apartment, you know, like, yeah. It's not and, and that, how long we've already been here, though. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's 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 like it's wonderful to see the light at the end of the tunnel. But um, I, yeah, I the, the the new vaccine delivery system cannot come fast enough. So I'm I'm very glad that like that was the first day in office strategy was the covid strategy and opening up defense. The, I mean, the Defense Production Act is going to smooth out the, the, the vaccine right. delivery system, too. W- when we talked about invoking the Defense Production Act months ago, when we thought Trump was going to do it because there was literally no reason not to. Um, 
we were just talking about PPE. We were talking right. about rapid testing capability. We were talking about, you know, the kinds of stuff that we needed to, to survive in the pandemic. Uh, now we're, we're talking about the kinds of stuff that we need to get out of the pandemic. There's a special kind of syringe, apparently, that like right. lets you use more of the vial to, you know, deliver more dosages there, you know, deliver more shots. Like it's it's things like that. So we're, you know, I, I think I think we will start seeing improvements very soon because the orders that needed to have happened have already happened. Uh, Biden really lived up to mo- mo- like he did most of his day one promises. Oh, he did. And 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 day and day one was never supposed to be like actually the first twenty four hours. When people say on day one, they usually mean like within the first week or so. You know, mm-hmm. uh, he basically took care of everything that he promised to on day one, uh, with the exception of rescinding the Trump tax cuts. But we think that will probably happen through uh, the budget reconciliation process if that's mm-hmm. ultimately where they decide to take it. So, yeah, so far, so good. <laughs> what was stopping the Trump administration from doing any of this? Nothing. Literally nothing. Like, don't you, do you, so on I mean, Monday, we, we, we could have done all the things Joe Biden did yesterday on Monday yeah, yeah. or on Tuesday. Yeah, we we, we last talked Friday. on this show about how he was probably going to authorize the Defense Production Act because we all just assumed that would happen because there was no there was no political reason not to. There was no financial reason not to. There's uh, a reason. We, there, we're going to find out that there was a reason somebody was yeah. getting rich somehow the way that yeah, I oh, yeah. people somebody yeah, sure. had a some somebody had an interest somewhere that screwed up this process because it, when when there's not a reason not to do something and yet they still don't you're like mm, there is a reason i we, i want more, i have a lot of it. questions <laughs> um and i i just oh god they could have just done this on monday but they didn't there yeah. was no reason they could have done Man. it in april when we thought they were going to because there was no reason not to um but i guess you know they wanted jared's interns to take care of it instead of the defense production act uh, there's gonna be God. a lot of like <laughs> like Whew. once things start to get better i like, guess we're, start- there, we're there's starting gonna to be... relive the trauma and i started to get triggered a little so let me just well stop. i mean that's the thing just, like as things just... get better you're going to remember how bad they were yeah. and you're going to see it in a new light because you're not living through it and be like, Jesus Christ, we put up with that? Like watching Jen Psaki's press briefings, it's actually harder to think about Sean Spicer yelling at the press right. on the first day because the crowd size were big. Like because because now we're seeing like, no, this is what it can be and should be and should have always been. It was just that you guys were heinous right? <laughs> and you put us through all of that. So I so even even the good moments are going to come with additional anxiety boosts and additional anger boosts, um, you know. And obviously that's that's considerably more for you know for people who have lost income and livelihood and family members because of this, um, you know, because of the, the the previous administration's cruelty and aptitude combo. Um, yeah, the good stuff is going to hurt too. <laughs> That's the fun thing about getting through trauma, I think. But there, <laughs> there, there are, yeah, yeah. Even the even the good stuff is gonna is gonna punch you in the face a little bit. Uh, we have, you know, there are vaccination shortages uh, across the country. It's not just it's not just New York that I'm talking about. Um, you know, lots of states have canceled appointments, so it it can't it can't happen fast enough. But it is, but it is in fact happening. Um, and now, of course, they're weighing options on the massive COVID relief bill. Uh, we talked to Rokana about that yesterday. Hopefully, the Senate just passes it 
as uh, as it is without negotiating it down to get Republican support. Um, yeah, I think I hope hopefully, you know, they get a Lisa Murkowski or they get a Ben Sass and they decide to pass a bipartisan bill. Um, but if they don't, I, I truly hope that they decide to just go it alone, do the the budget re- reconciliation process, um, and don't water it down in order to get Republicans on board. Like, we just don't need to do that. We got to prioritize. No. We got to prioritize think, us. Especially because, here's the thing, you don't need it to be bipartisan. If you can pass it without them, pass it without them. And then pass you it without them. Credit. Yes. And you get to take all all the credit. Yeah, We're we the don't ones that did care it. about process. We care about outcomes. Nope. Like, I, care about I, outcomes. I don't I don't care at all about the, like, stay at what's supposed to happen process of the Senate. If it's legal to do it and it's going to make things better, just do it. Right. <laughs> that's that's all. That's it. It's very simple. Yeah. So yesterday, um, I don't know that we talked about uh, the Senate Democrats who... Um, launched an ethics investigation into uh, no. Senator Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley um, for uh, inciting an insurrection. So yeah, these are going to be really interesting committee hearings. Yeah, like very. I, I think so- that, that we're ramping this up. I mean, members of Congress are trying to walk on the floor with guns. Like, I don't. I feel like when members of Congress, like when their lives are on the line, or like when they are the, you know the vulnerable party like they get pretty mad um yeah and i just feel like you know josh ali and ted cruz like think they may have gotten away with this but i'm not sure i yeah i just don't i mean josh Hawley kind of lost everything like he lost a ton of money he lost a bunch of his platforms he lost his book deal like he you know if if he was doing this to set himself up for 2024 he kneecapped himself instead like he might have become a hero to, um, but I I don't I just don't think these people love Josh Hawley the way that they loved Donald Trump. Like I don't I don't know that that infatuation just gets transferred to somebody else. Um, so I you know it's a it's a it's a bargain he decided to make, and I don't I don't see it working out for him. Definitely. But, um, yeah, and I, I don't know what Ted Cruz is thinking. Like maybe he's going to run again in twenty twenty four. But I like they they should both be expelled from the Senate is what should happen. Um, and the Senate ethics complaint would be the first, uh, the first step in, in, in making that happen. Like there's a, you know, um, when you're, when you go up before the Senate ethics committee, there are a number of things on the table. Your, your resignation is often (laughs) the way that works. Um, but you, you know, you, you present your side of the arguments. There are other witnesses, um, and then there is a recommendation for censure or expulsion or, um, you know, the Senate ethics equivalent of acquittal. <laughs> and that's and that's how that process goes. So that was actually a, a, like a very important first step uh, in, in getting that done. And Ro Khanna talked to us about that. Like it's going to be it's going to be the ethics committees that take it up first, even in the even in the House, where now it seems like they're doubling down. Like the fact that Andy Harris in Maryland was the one with the the, the one with the gun who who mm-hmm. uh, got caught trying to go through the metal detector with it. Like he's already in the spotlight for possibly helping the insurrectionists plan this thing. Like he's already on that short list of of you know Mo Brooks names, uh, the the two QAnon Congresswomen mm-hmm. who who are in like deep conversation with these guys. Um, and he tried to bring a gun on the floor. 
And when he got stopped, he tried to give it to his colleague. He tried to give it to Jason Katko. Like, dude, can you hold my piece? I shouldn't have brought it with me. Will you take it for me? And Katko was like, no, I don't have a license. I'm not touching your gun, sir. Uh, Why do you have a gun going in the Capitol? If, he if says he says he has a gun going in the Capitol because uh, he, there is somebody who is awaiting trial who he is very afraid of for himself and his family, and I guess that man has floor credentials. What? He doesn't really. That part was a joke. Like I don't know why being afraid because of no some person. I'm like. Would- None of this makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, no, no. He, he he did say the thing about a guy awaiting trial who had threatened him and his family, and that was why he had the gun. That is true. Uh, I don't know why that man would be allowed on the House floor. Was the second part of what I was saying. Like but my thing y- is, the House like, floor, it's only for members. <laughs> I'm not opposed to you having a gun, sir. Have your gun, but why do you need to bring it to work? Yeah, who at work it, is threatening you? You're in yeah, Congress. actually, nobody. Like, there, uh, lots of Congress people are being threatened right now at right. work, but you. Andy Harris isn't one of them. <laughs> right. Andy Harris is on the you. other side. Right. Like, you know, yes, when Republicans start fearing for their own lives, they're going to take action in a different way than they did before. But Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz and Andy Harris and Mo Brooks and Laura Boebert are not afraid. Their their lives were not in danger on the sixth. They were on the other team. Mm. Like some Republicans certainly were. Mike Pence certainly was. Right. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I think, uh, uh, I mean, you saw that video of the guys like rifling through the desk that Ted Cruz had been speaking from trying right. to figure out where and, and then saying on tape, I think Ted Cruz would want us to do this. I think we're good going through his notebook. Right. And they meant it. it. Was, <laughs> well, it was really funny is that they're reading the document and then they thought it said the opposite of what it said. Oh like, yeah, solo, and they're like, "Wait, no, 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 it's no, a no, good thing. no! It's a good we, thing. We want to object to Arizona's vote. <laughs> this is vote. good. Oh my god, yeah. I was like, oh, this is so peak dumb. Yeah, yeah, it truly was. And then they turned and they asked the uh, the officers in the chamber if weren't they going to try to stop them? <laughs> the officers like, there's just one of me and all of you. What do you think? <laughs> they would all be dead if they were black. I mean, they were. Yes, they would. They never would have gotten in there. Right. I can't like, think about that woman who was murdered by the, um, well, killed, I'll say killed, uh, by the Capitol Police when she accidentally hit Yes, I think barricade. about her a lot, yeah. Yeah, I was downtown D.C. when that happened, and it, 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 it went into massive lockdown. Like, it, like for, for a while there, we thought that a, an attempt, like a, a terrorist attempt had happened. Um, but, you know, everybody, they just knew that multiple rounds had been fired and there was a car that was you know stopped at the barricade and you know everybody locked down and i'm you know texting my friends in the capital like are you okay and yeah no it was a it was a confused woman who was having a medical emergency and they shot her 18 times in the car with her kid um that was how that was it treated should be, she's a black woman should be men you know i'll make yes sure she was a yeah. black woman yeah, I, um, the context clues there, but yes, she was a black yeah. woman. Um, and that is, of course, not the response that we saw on the 6th. I mean, they walk him straight into the chamber. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just think that, like, you know, for, like, Ashley Babbitt being the only one shot by the Capitol Police yeah. is a surprising fact. Of, yeah. I mean, and and essentially what we saw from, you know, the timeline and the video is that, the reason is because that line that she was trying to cross was 
the line separating lawmakers from the mob, like mm-hmm. literally. So, it, you know, and, and you can sort of sense that you're like, man, there must have been somebody important over there yep. because they immediately it was like this line is not to be crossed under any circumstances. That's how yep. the video sort of looks. And then the timeline shows on The Washington Post, especially great video breakdown of where lawmakers are standing in, in um, physical sort of relation to where Ashley um, Babbitt was shot by the police officer. And I just think about how close we came. Oh, How God, we, we came, came so to close just... to a massacre. We just did. I, I mean, it, I I don't know that that's something we ever could have recovered Basically, from. white privilege got us right up to a massacre of our entire Congress. Yeah. We just let those white folks just walk up in there. They were like breaking shit, and we're like, "Well, that's." Not, I mean, that's that's like, one of the things that I want to. I want the investigation put the base to down. Put the face yeah, down. Seriously, please like, put I down mean, the flagpole. I, I think you know, law enforcement is going to be a part of this investigation. Like, what what went wrong? I'm not. I'm. I'm not in the habit. I'm not. I'm not blaming Capitol Police right now. I, it seems like they were left completely, completely outmanned while the Department of Homeland Security had soldiers ready to go that well, they're gonna could find out if mike Finn, them. flynn's brother brother is the reason why they didn't yeah. get the backup that's gonna and, be a story that's and i i have read you know probably a dozen stories in the last couple of days about reckonings within law enforcement about how many of their members and former members have been radicalized and turned into you know insurrectionist extremists like they they seem to they seem to actually be asking those questions now, which is um, way overdue. Uh, a note for the media, though: there was uh, somebody from from um, from one of these like organizing police department uh, places, like you know the the person that you would call to talk to uh, you know as many as many different departments as possible, said that they had been inundated with calls by reporters looking to talk to. Uh, police officers who had become right-wing extremists or were involved in the insurrection, and they had gotten zero calls from reporters looking to talk to officers of color who had had to deal with extremists mm-hmm. within their own ranks. That yeah, is you, how this story needs to, to shift. Well, well, well it's, it's the same problem we had the last four or five years where we go to the diner and we talk to the yeah. racist Trump supporter and be like, are you still racist? And they'd be like, yep. And yep. then we go back and we're like, are you still, How you about still now? black people? And they're like, hate them. And they're like, you build the wall, build the wall, keep the Mexicans out. Mexico's going to pay for it. You know? Yeah. We just kept going back to check on the racist to see if they still hated black people, but we never went to the black or brown people. And we asked them how it feels to have a president emboldening yeah. white supremacists in our country. Every single day. I mean, yep. I, I, I feel like there's just so little conversation about the impact on the rest of us who were the target of these attacks. I mean, I think, you know, the pandemic is the moment where the harm Donald Trump caused to the country came around to Im- impact rich white people. And that's why it was like, oh, snap, this is bad. Yeah, we gotta pay but I'm like, when he was caging brown people, mm, you were still just, uh, you know. Yeah. Watching Netflix. I mean, I, yeah. I know I was too, but I'm just saying, I'm not, we're all, we, we, we all have work to do on ourselves, but I think there are certain people who have a little bit more introspection. <laughs> they, they, they need to make more space for introspection in 2021 because until it was the pandemic, you were kind of okay with Donald Trump. Yeah. Some of you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
some of us very much weren't. 74 we million were okay yeah. even after he told you to inject disinfectant and put light inside of your body, but, you know. Put the light inside. I'm glad you yes. guys are driving Let's motor vehicles on the same roads as us. I'm the so light glad inside of your guys... body. <laughs> you like, know, let's not just listen. shorthand that to inject disinfectant. Let us remember that he said to put the light inside of your body. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Signal Boost Podcast. Thank <laughs> you.